whatever spectrum you are at, let me just say this. Orthodoxy, which is right teaching, should be expressed by orthopathy, right feeling, and lived out in orthopraxy, right practice. Welcome to Malaysian Christian Talks, where our goal is making disciples through cyberspace as we navigate on musings of our biblical faith. Hi there, this is Adriel and this is Malaysian Christian Talks episode 13, the Malaysian Church Next Door. Now what I mean when I talk about Malaysian Church Next Door, we are always, the reason why we're doing this is because we are always talking about the other church on what we think about the other church. And here are some phrases you might hear that are being mentioned about the Malaysian churches or that the leaders themselves have uttered it out. Right? And yeah. Your church is sheep stealing. Your church teaching is wrong. You have the wrong Jesus, so you must not be saved. Who needs the word? Why want to go so deep in theology? We love each other, can already, right? Because God is love, right? Mm, too much focus on community service. Too little on the word. Now, right there marks the characteristics of the church we have today and it's a wide spectrum by the way uh, from those who want to just love the community to those who just want to educate the community biblically now you, you've heard it before and as cliche as this sounds the whole point still stands it is the tension that knowing that the church is to educate the congregation on the truth of jesus that compels them to love others because how can you just love the community without first understanding how christ loved that's that's what i leave before you and if you educate the community but it leads to no action have you successfully taught the word that's the question so as we unpack these statements that are being said by my fellow friends out there let me begin with an opening statement of paul to the corinthians to remind us where we are as a church first and foremost and then we'll tackle these questions first corinthians 1 2 to 3 let's read it out one shot to the church of god that is in corinth to those sanctified in christ jesus Call to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul was writing a letter to the Corinthians to tackle the issues that the Corinthians were having and right at the very beginning he starts off reminding them their identity to the church of God you're a body gathering in the name of God you're meeting because of God of what he has done in Corinth and to those sanctified in Christ Jesus not only you've been saved but you're going through a process from becoming uh, from positional holiness to functional holiness you're becoming more and more Christ-like because why you're called to be saints together. You're called to live out this heavenly kingdom culture on this broken world. You're called to be the Christians that God wants you to be uh, with all those who in every place, not just in Malaysia, but in America, in Myanmar, in India, in New Zealand, you name the place, right? In every place that calls upon our 
Lord, our King that we submit to Him. He is our Lord, Jesus Christ. And says, grace to you and peace. It is not the kind of grace that is and peace that is of this earth, but it is from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And right there, I remind for you as we talk about the church, the ecclesia, this is the church that we are talking about. The church of God in wherever you're at. Sanctified in Jesus, called to be saints in every place for those who call upon the name of the Lord. This is the church we're talking about. And now the context is Malaysia. Now, you've heard many churches use this term. Okay, The church is sheep stealing. Now it's funny because in that sense, biblically, as just how we have unpacked 1 Corinthians, there is no such thing as sheep stealing. Now, I'm not denying the act, but I'm just saying, biblically speaking, uh, no, there's no such thing as sheep stealing because we are all part of this universal body of Christ. So no matter which church you go to, we are still one in Christ. So it doesn't make sense to say that there's such thing called sheep stealing. But where sheep stealing does actually happen is when there is no clear communication. And when we use the term sheep stealing, here are some things for you to consider. One, have you asked why your church member left? Right? Rather than just throw out the term that uh, the other church has sheep still. If you've asked, then find out why. Second, has the pastor from the other church contacted you to explain why this particular member is joining your church? See, for me, if I truly love the sheep under my care, as long as they are growing in Christ, it does not matter whether they are in my church or not. And lovingly, the other pastor should update me uh, that the member has chosen to remain with the new church. And, uh, and if I am seeing the other pastor as gospel partners, right? So it doesn't matter which church they're at. As long as, hey, okay, if he's growing there, by all means go. I'm not going to complain, oh, that church is sheep stealing and all that, right? So I'm just leave it there. Uh, and here's the next point. There's too much focus on the community service, but very little on the word. If you're hearing this right, what I'll encourage you to do first is to clarify the biblical backing to why the church does community service. Ask, ask the leaders there. It's to make sure that it is not purely saying, and now, now wait, by the way, when you clarify, right, I hope the answer is not because the Bible tells us to do good, hence we are doing community service, because which religion will tell you not to engage the community, by the way. But rather, right, the answer that I hope to hear when we clarify on why a church does community service is at least from the understanding that Jesus has called us to live out a totally upside-down kingdom ethic that sees humans as created in the image of God, having value, worth, and dignity, that Christ has redeemed us from darkness to light. And in that lens, okay, engaging the community, helping the poor, seeking out the lost, the hurt, you know, comes into play. Because, you know, Micah 6, it says this, no? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, in that sense, if the church has a slight emphasis on the community, I would want to find out whether actually the word is properly being preached there. 
And if the word is properly being preached there, it is through the word that you can come to have a healthy understanding of what it means to seek for not just retributive justice for the people, but restorative justice, restoring the poor, restoring the, the weak, restoring um, the disabled, uh, and so on and so forth. That's point number two. Phrase number three. We do not need to go deep into theology, just love one another. It has been said before in many variations, by the way. Um, I, I kid you not. But you need to first inquire. If you hear this, inquire why that line is being said rather than judge the pastor unfairly on his or her conclusions. Now, my stance, I will not encourage such a statement to be uttered. That's my stance. Uh, but sometimes, to consider that it is a hyperbole, it's, an, it's said in exaggeration to reflect the experience and the context of the congregation. If the leader humbly explains that the congregation consists of poor people or people who are from um, um, lower income, who have urgent needs to be met, then in that sense, uh, in that context, they first need to be served rather than bring them, the, uh, bring them to a theological conference or a Bible study uh, or whatnot. Now, at the end of the day, uh, considering that needs to be met, we all know at the heart of it, the ultimate need that needs to be met, right, is they need the gospel, the spiritual salvation that we are all dead in our transgressions and sins. And so while we are meeting the needs physically, may we also learn to meet the needs spiritually. And so once, if, if that's how, if the pastor was exaggerating that term, usually what I'll do is I'll encourage them to rephrase because such a statement suggests that we do not need to know God more and we just love. And my, my, my concern with that, if, if you do not have a good grasp of the God of our Bible, I bet you will not have a good grasp of what it means to love one another. After all, Luke 10, 27 says this, Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. See how the combination is there? So that's my response to that such a phrase, uh, which I'll come to the conclusion to later. Here, here's the final phrase. Your church doctrine is wrong, hence the person is probably not safe because he has a wrong understanding of Jesus. Now, so many things can go wrong with this statement. Uh, firstly, it's quite scary to claim that only you have the right understanding of Jesus. Second, this suggests that it is not by faith that you have been saved. It is more like believe in Jesus, yes, and also have right doctrine and right theology to be saved, which is not the gospel to begin with. Let me clarify, right doctrine never saves. Yes, as a Christian, it is my duty, it is our duty to defend right doctrine. Nevertheless, we should refrain from drawing its definitive conclusions about someone's salvation simply because of doctrinal differences. And, and you, know, the, you all know the famous one between Calvinism and Arminianism. Now, our focus should be critiquing wrong doctrine but not place the judgment on the person. When you critique wrong doctrine in lovingly in a loving manner, you are discipling the the fellow person. Ultimately, to judge whether someone is safe or not is the business of God alone. Now, we should humbly leave this matter to God, who is holy, who is truth, who is just, and who is also merciful. By the way, now I had a wrong understanding of God about ten years ago. 
Would you have said I was not safe? Point is, how could you even know back then and now? What I know is God's grace was constantly revealed to me and he reveals himself to me um, in the journey of faith that he worked in me while I had wrong theology uh, or I'll say while I had not so accurate theology, he was still there with me. What I call that? Sanctification. Ding! Now, to conclude, right? Uh, to, uh, let me just say this. This is the final episode of Malaysian Christian Talks for the season. Oh. And we're going to take a hiatus for a while. And then perhaps uh, the second, uh, the third quarter, we'll come back. But why did I start with um, this topic here? Why did I end with this? About what we talk about the Malaysian church next door. Because recently in Malaysia, there are a lot of talks between this church, that church, this church doing causing division, that church doing this and that, um, without proper communication, and it's all just fighting one another. And, you know, um, I, I have no answer to this. I, 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 I can only wish that this uh, hasn't come, but here is what we see, a clash of convictions. And there are many concepts that we can touch on this brokenness of the church. Uh, and if you want to talk more, I suggest you uh, PM Malaysian Christian memes. But my main point is I want to highlight the brokenness of the Malaysian church. And if you're thinking of names of people, and if you're thinking of names of church, I want you to stop. Don't. I want you to think of you. What are we doing? What are you doing as part of the body in Malaysia to actually build up the church? I leave, you to that as, I leave it to you as that. And I read to you 1 Corinthians 1, 2-3 now. To the church of God that is in Malaysia, to those sanctified in Christ, called to be saints together with all those who in every place, in every church in Malaysia, to call upon the Lord Jesus, both our Lord and ours. Is the grace of God with you? Is the peace of God with you from the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? Whatever spectrum you are at, let me just say this. Orthodoxy, which is right teaching, should be expressed by orthopathy, right feeling, and lived out in orthopraxy, right practice. Orthodoxy should be expressed by orthopathy, lived out in orthopraxy. Because to claim that you have the right teaching, to claim that you know God, is also to claim that you know His heart, that you're in a relationship with Him, which claims that you're also learning to feel His joys, to know His sorrows. And to claim to know God is to claim that you live out the life that God has called you. John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, if all you claim to have is just orthodoxy, and what I see then is absent of orthopathy and orthopraxy, then all I can say is what you have is not orthodoxy. It's just plain intellectualism. All you have is just knowledge here. And it's a knowledge that puffs up, not the knowledge here, which is the love that builds up. Now, the, I do want to end this on a solemn note. Let me just say this. I believe with all my heart that even at the point of saying this, and let's not pretend there are a lot of churches out there that are, that are not in its best shape. By God's grace, through the Holy Spirit, God will still use the church as his main message and propagation of the gospel. And that's where 
I leave before you guys, the church in Malaysia. Can we please step up? I've seen with my eyes discipling people, the division that's caused, the, the brokenness of churches. Um, and as you see all these uh, phrases that we said within the spectrum, you get churches who just do not want to go deep in the word and churches who think that other churches are wrong because they don't know the word enough. Instead of discipling one another, journeying with one another. Yeah, that's, that's it for, for, for this last episode. Um, and I hope as you're hearing this message that somewhere down the line um, that you guys will learn to catch the heart of Jesus Christ. After all, Jesus called a tax collector a thief. Some, uh, another person, a fisherman, uh, all kinds of people to learn to work together because the main point he was trying to say is now that we are all in Christ, there is now therefore no Jew, nor Greek, slave, nor master, male, nor female before because we are all one in Christ. So yeah, so I leave that with you. Um, this is Malaysian Christian Talks. Okay, um, I hope you are, you've benefited from this. I hope you've uh, heard this true. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Bye-bye.